morning on the West Coast and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dias, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of EloquentOnline.net in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. This is the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? We've got a great show on tap today, if you recall, show Alicia Cavedo and when you hear the, the show, it's not the entire conversation that I've had with the guest. It's, you know, I have to edit it for the sake of brevity. And she mentioned Alan Prindle several times in the course of that conversation as someone who has been a great mentor and someone who's kind of pushed her uh, to do things that maybe weren't at, at first glance the, the best fit for her and yet she's been very, very successful. And so I thought, man, we've got to get Alan on the show and talk about that because Eloquent Online has been in continuous operation for 15 years. I've never had an employee. I can't say I've ever done a great job mentoring because I've never had to. So I'm looking forward to talking with Alan after the break. But before that, wow, I wish every single person that has ever listened to this show, that will ever listen to this show, that has ever listened to this show, could experience what I did on Monday, the 5th of October in the year of our Lord, 2020, in Abilene, Texas. Back right when the, when the coronavirus was really kicking off, when it was no longer the rumor, the rumor had become the reality, all right, we had Scott Deeser on, and I could not believe he made time to come on the show. He was right in the middle of figuring out the SBA PPP situation. He said in the interview back in April he was at the bank till 10 o'clock every night, including Sunday. And folks, as an aside, all community banks did that. If you are still going to go out to the virtual GAC next year at CUNA and listen to them bash banks again all week, you are wasting your time. Community banks, in my estimation, saved the United States and saved American small business from the brink of economic disaster. Community banks like First Financial Bank figured out the PPP situation without the benefit of a conference session, without the benefit of consultants, without the benefit of YouTube videos, without the benefit of LinkedIn blog posts. They just did it. Well, I had wanted to meet Scott ever since we had him on the show. And so we found that you know, October was a good time. I was up there to talk to him about something that I'm very, very interested in, that he's working on in conjunction with Texas Tech University, Guns Up, Reckham. And so I go up on, a, on Monday. I left New Braunfels here early, uh, rented a car, drove up, and my, I had a 12 o'clock lunch meeting. We walk to the Cypress Street Station restaurant in downtown Abilene. I consulted Google Maps. It is a third of a mile, not even, all, not even one whole time around the track. So we're going to walk through downtown to the restaurant. And this is what I wanted to tell everybody. We come on this little coffee shop, and there's some, a couple of young people standing outside. I mean, they look, they look like college students. Those were the last two people that I saw in Abilene that lunch hour that did not know Scott Deeser. I am not 
exaggerating. We cross the street, there's some guys, oh, hey, Scott, how are you? Hey, Scott, how are you? Handshake, handshake. You wouldn't even know, they wouldn't know there's a pandemic in downtown Abilene. We get to the restaurant. Like I said, it's only a third of a mile, and they've got seating outside. The first two tables, hey, Scott, how are you doing? Hey, Scott, shake hands, shake hands. Hey, how are you do? Small talk, small talk. And I'm thinking, this guy knows everybody. Walk into the restaurant. There's the owner. She walks up. Hey, Scott, how are you? He's like, I, I know her. She's the, she's the owner of the place. She'll take really good care of us. We walk around into the dining room. There are two tables, a table of four guys sitting here and a gentleman and a young lady sitting off to my left. And it's got the table spread out for this ridiculous social distancing thing that we're having to do. Table sees Scott walking. Hey, Scott, how are you doing? He goes to shake some hands. And I'm thinking, this is what it's like to have lunch with the president of the United States. The guy's to my left uh, as a gentleman. Now, the gentleman's wearing a, a first financial lapel pin, so it didn't surprise me. He knew, Scott, and I'm just thinking, everybody. Now, while we were there having lunch, he's listening to me. He's organizing a, a dinner for his, I think, his trust company. They cracked $100 million. He buys them dinner. Just um, ordering wine for a Texas a tech uh, alumni function, just taking care of things, never stopping all this activity, and yet never lost his focus on our conversation. It was absolutely fascinating. We finished lunch. A huge shout out to Cypress Street Station. I love the Reuben sandwich. That's what I had there. Uh, Mr. D Mr. Deeser, Scott had the, uh, the Thai salad, really good Thai chicken salad. And so, like I said, if you're ever in Abilene, go check out our friends at Cypress Street Station. So we're walking out. The ex-mayor of Abilene walks in. Hey, Scott, how you doing? Hey. How you doing? Well, we're leaving. And it is just a, a, a rewind of the entrance. Hey, Scott, how you doing? Everybody, everybody knows him. And so we leave the restaurant. We're heading back to the bank. And as we're walking down the street, I see a young guy, relatively young guy, in a golf shirt and some dockers coming up to the, to the street corner where we are. And I'm thinking, finally, somebody he's not going to know. Guy jumps up onto the curb. Hey, Scott, how are you? And Scott, hey, how are the wedding plans going? I mean, and he had the background of every single, oh, that's a young attorney. He's just getting started. Those four guys we talked to in the restaurant, they're, they're finishing that building right there. This was a throwback to the days when everybody knew the bank president. If you're a president of a financial brand and you spend your day in your office, I hope, call me, I'll set it up, fly out to Abilene or fly close enough to drive there, go have lunch with Scott Deeser and see what it's like to walk the streets of a great American city with the, the president of the bank that everybody knows. That's what he does. He is the face of that brand. He is a community hero in Abilene, and I will never forget my first lunch ever in Abilene, Texas. And he paid for my meal, which he didn't have to do. So thank you, Scott. Thank you, everyone at First Financial Bank over at Cypress Street Station. And if, if you know anybody in Abilene, they know who Scott Deeser is. Hey, as we go to the break, easy music pick. Listen, Van Halen was never my thing. One of the reasons I loved Rush so much is because they were so unlike Van Halen. But Van Halen deserves to be mentioned amongst the great American rock bands of the 1970s and 80s. They sold 
hundreds of thousands of albums and played to tens upon tens of thousands of audience members as a global band. And uh, I was very shocked and saddened when I heard about Eddie Van Halen. I never cared for David Lee Roth, but I always liked Eddie Van Halen. Plus, I had a little crush on Valerie Bertinelli, too, so that happens. Hey, we're going to go out to Miami, Florida, and we're going to do it all right after this. It's conference quality information without the expense report, without the rubber chicken dinner, and without the $13 light beer. It's the Power Performance Podcast. And now it's Alan Prendle, CEO of Power Financial Credit Union. Hey, Alan, welcome to the show. Now, of course, we've all been through this crazy, unpredictable year that has been 2020. And I asked Alan, hey, how's the credit union doing? Yeah, we're, we're hanging in there well so far. Um, obviously, net income has dropped a bit based on the squeezing of the net interest margin. But uh, overall, we're well capitalized, um, doing well. We've done a good job of reducing our expenses. So we entered 2021 cautiously optimistic, um, not knowing what uh, what else will happen at the next turn, um, and what challenge we'll face. But there's clearly going to be economic um, disruptions, and the question is how long will it take us to get back to somewhat normal, and industry and business and local business and small business picking back up um, to a pace that will get people employed again and make them comfortable. When we had Alicia on the show a few weeks back, she mentioned that you are a great mentor, but that part of that leadership and mentoring process is the willingness to push people, to challenge people. Sometimes I think that's a quality in leaders that is lacking in the banking marketplace. Tell us about that. Well, I think that if you don't challenge people, um, they will become um, just complacent and happy uh, with what they're doing, sometimes they don't like to get outside their comfort zone. But as a good leader, you have to assess people and think of what their potential is and give them assignments that will, will stretch their ability um, and, and let them learn along the way. Um, and, and I tried to select things for Alicia, who's an outstanding um, demonstration of, of accepting any challenge and working with it. There may be some hesitancy, but her... Um, her diligence in, in accepting a challenge and, and, and if there's issues coming back and asking um, have really helped her um, exceed expectations and I, I try to do that with, her, with the rest of the team. There's, I, I try to selectively and prudently pick projects to let them run with that may be outside their um, comfort level or knowledge area and, and I try to choose as, as, as they say, you know, projects that are holes in the side of the boat instead of the bottom of the boat. Right, so yeah. if they kind of are, are, are meandering along and having challenges, it's not a big strategic initiative that's going to sink the organization. It's something that they can learn as they, as they go along. And, and I have had uh, excellent mentors in my career prior to, and I, and I think I learned that from uh, a CEO I worked for, and he would put you into areas or departments that were outside your knowledge range and you'd be like, gee, do you, do you think I can do this? Yeah, I really do. So just the, a lot of times the trust and the 
the acknowledgement that, listen, this might be outside what you normally do, but I really think you can do it, is that in and of itself, I found from my mentor was, okay, if he trusts me, then I think I can do this. So a lot of it is, is extending the trust of the person and letting them know that you think they can do it, so therefore they can do it. A few weeks before we had Alicia on the show, we had, in fact, John Wilkening called into that show. He was the NAFQ Professional of the Year in 2019, and when he was on for his interview, he said something I've never forgotten. He says, you can't fake experience. Alan, you've got a lot of great experience, real professional banking experience, and since that can't be faked, I wanted to ask you, because it's been a theme recently in some of the other things that I've been working on and developing the next generation of banking leaders, what would be your advice to young men and women starting their banking careers right now? Well, I think obviously there's certain, what would I say, table stakes things that if you want to do well in a career, it doesn't matter banking or anything else, but I think the number one is having, being adaptive, flexible, and accepting those kind of challenges. Many people, you know, I've seen in my career somebody who says, uh, you know, a manageable approach them and say, I think you have a ton of potential, we'd like you to work at branch X. Right. And they'll be like, well, that commute is, is much longer. Like, you have to get rid of that kind of, that thought process. Like, okay, I might do it for a little while, the commute will be horrible, but what I learn out of it is, it will be a huge benefit and I'll move on from there. So don't ever think that it's the next step, you know, say a branch may have more of a commute, but it's a, a higher volume branch. I'm just using an example. The, the, the things you will learn there doesn't mean you're going to be stuck there for the rest of, of eternity. You just go there and learn. And then if it's good and you think the commute is bad, go back to management and say, look, I think I've done a good job here. Um, I'd like to look at another location. You know, don't always rule things out for money for location um, and, and that kind of stuff. I think that's important overall in any career. From a banking perspective, if I was talking to somebody getting into it now, and I have said this, I've had the, the benefit of speaking to graduate MBA programs here at Florida International University, and they say, well, what would you advise? I think today, in this day and age, you have to be into um, data management, artificial intelligence, really understanding and looking at statistics and, and being able to take data and read it and utilize it. That's so important these days, data engineering and all those kind of skills. I think that that's a knowledge you have to have. So if somebody's going into school or, or getting into banking for the first time, kind of keep that in the back of your mind and observe that as you go along because I think it's a skill that's really going to be helpful. I mean, we've really shifted credit unions, banks, all of us from from a financial institution to essentially a, a data gathering analysis organization providing financial advice. You know, that's really what we've become. It's not just, um, you know, teller banking and all that kind of stuff. We're really just sifting through data, trying to offer solutions based on that, and, and, and having a good product development team that can give products that can address those solutions. So yeah. I think that's very important. Alan has been in banking for the entire chronology from pre-internet banking to where we are today. And so just as kind of a fun question I asked him, when was the last time you cashed a check for cash? I, I, I don't even know that I could think of when I was, <laughs> Jason, to be honest. I, I, it might have been, you know, like 10 years.
a long time ago, right? It seems like so long ago. It seems like so long ago, yeah. It might have been a, a you know, a birthday gift check yes. from somebody in the family that I did <laughs> 10 years ago or something, and now, now everybody just Venmo's it or no, no, whatever. No, now no. they just do P2P. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't even remember. Yeah. I, but as we love to do sometimes on this show, is ask a guest something we know they won't, that they will remember, and that what was the first car you ever owned? Well, I'm a car guy, so um, I worked hard, saved a lot, and I bought a used 1973 Javelin AMX 401 four barrel go pack. Nice. <laughs> a serious muscle car. That is a muscle car. That's a great American muscle car. You're in Miami. You're in Florida. That's a great beach state. You got all kinds of stuff going on down there. If you could get every credit union leader in a room this week and say, here's what we need to learn going forward after this incredibly unpredictable year, what would you tell them? Uh, wow, that's a difficult question. I think that that the best laid plans of mice and men, you know, that saying we can have the best strategic plan and all this and then something just comes out. Never works out. Yeah. Never, it never, it never seems to work out the way you wrote it down on paper. We, uh, we got a strategic plan, a six month plan, three month plan. It never works out. Right. And, and the key is, and what I said before, the key is how do you adjust? How do you, I, I, I can't believe I'm going to use this overused term all the time. Everybody's talking about pivot, but you have to, you have to figure out, okay, let's not, let's not go nuts, let's not freak, let's sit down and figure out what we're going to do um, and, and not get emotional, not get stressed. Here's what we're going to do based on the best data we have today. Now, this could change, you know, in the, in the case of this pandemic, all the time. could change tomorrow. No. You know? Exactly, exactly. But it's all just assess the inputs you have now, make a decision, and that's really what our COVID task force has been doing. We met the first, our first meeting was February 27th, early on. We already had a pandemic policy in place, um, but we met, and then every day we met. Okay, here's the latest info. Here's the cases. What do we do? Here's what we should do. Just every day, we would make an adjustment and just incrementally change. So I think it's not knowing, you know, not having a plan for everything, but having a plan to adapt to everything is right. really what is critical. And now... Um, you know, many of us have made significant investments in remote technologies, mobile banking, and we've all always said, gee, I wish the members would use these more. Well, it's sort of like, be careful what you wish for. Because exactly. Overnight, now they're doing it, yep. They were forced into it. So it's a good it's, it's a good problem. They're doing the things that we thought that they would do over time. Um, but now we have to adjust our business model, and we need to get creative on thinking in 2021, as I said, is, how how can we get more efficient, reduced expenses, because the margin just isn't there, um, and we need to think of ways to, to keep net income at a level that will allow us to grow and maintain our capital. Yeah, I totally agree. His name is Alan Prindle. He is the president and CEO of Power Financial Credit Union out in beautiful Miami, Florida. Alan, thank you so very kindly for joining us on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. It was a pleasure. Awesome. Just great. I told Alan off the air, he just, he comes across so very natural. You can see why he's good at mentoring people and 
you know, motivating people in, in a thoughtful, proactive way. Again, something that I have no aptitude for, really, because I don't have employees. I simply have to manage and lead, you know, myself, which is tough enough. I want to send a quick apology to Alan. Uh, Tuesday when we recorded this, Blog Talk Radio only had one of its AA batteries in the server, and so I was dealing with some technical issues when we recorded that, so hopefully the audio is a little better balanced now, again, thank you very kindly, Alan Prindle out in Miami. A million times thank you, Scott Deeser, up in beautiful Abilene, Texas. What a great week it has been. And if you're looking for the best names in banking, the best ideas in banking, you know where to find it. You're not going to find it on some LinkedIn post or some affirmation on Facebook. If you're serious about banking, you need to listen to this show because we talk to people that are doing it, not just talking about it. Intentions are meaningless. Results matter. Scott Deeser, Alan Prindle, they've been getting results for a long time, and you can't fake experience. Hey, listen, thank you so much for listening. Everyone have a great weekend, Columbus Day weekend. And my name is Jason Dyes. And until next we speak, we'll talk to you all next week. Let's get out of here with that great Commodore song because another great musical American legend has gone to be on the night shift. Rock on in eternity, Eddie Van Halen. Hey, we'll talk to you all next week.